The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When John the Baptist heard in prison of the works of the Christ, he sent his disciples to Jesus with this question. Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? Jesus said to them in reply, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind regain their sight. The lame walk. Lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the poor have the good news proclaimed to them. And blessed is the one who takes no offense at me. As they were going off, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out to the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? Then what did you go out to see? Someone dressed in fine clothing? Those who wear fine clothing are in royal places. Then why did you go out? To see a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. Amen, I say to you, among those born of women, there has been none greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of the Lord. So I'd like to take a deeper look into this question that Jesus asks. He says, what did you go out into the desert to see? The desert is a part of Lent. It's a part of Advent. And it's a part of our history as a Christian people and biblical people, even before Christ. There are so many times throughout the scriptures, maybe starting with Moses, after he slays the Egyptian, and he runs and flees into the desert for a number of years before God calls him to his ministry. The Israelites spend 40 years in the desert. And throughout the scriptures, the desert is seen as a purification time. And in our first reading, we hear from Isaiah about this blossoming that takes place in the desert, which is quite a beautiful image. And so, if you go to some of these desert landscapes, like in the Holy Land, it's really quite remarkable how immediately after one rainfall, and you just see this very stark desert landscape, just after one, one rainfall, you just start, you start to see all this life emerge. Um, as an outsider from the desert, it is very remarkable. And this is an image given to us that Jesus is kind of drawing upon um, concerning John the Baptist. The desert is actually, for us spiritual people, it's, it's a place where, where we find God. It's a place where we come in contact with our existential limitation. 
And so in the desert, we kind of sense our own helplessness and the reality of it and the illusions of the city and civilization and all the comforts and all the distractions kind of just fade away. And we recognize who we are and what our place is because we're forced to recognize it because of the scarcity of the desert and the lack of abundance, the beauty itself and the largeness, just the scale of the desert in itself brings us into a place of contemplation. And of course, and perhaps most importantly, the silence of the desert. And so it's quite an interesting thing that John the Baptist, of all the places that he could go, when he's, he has this mission, he knows that he's been called by God to get people ready for Jesus, for the Messiah. And instead of John deciding to go into the city to proclaim this message, which really would be the most reasonable thing to do, because that's where all the people are, John is in the desert and people come to him. That's because that is the place that makes it, that is the environment that is conducive for reception of God. The city is just so full of distractions. And I use the word city kind of symbolically. But I'd like to, I'd like to read a passage from a contemporary of ours, Robert Cardinal Sarah, from his book, The Day Is Now Far Spent. Excellent book if you're looking for a good pastoral read um, about some of the current issues that we're dealing with from uh, one of our leading churchmen. And so I'd like to read this from Cardinal Sarah. He talks about the distractions of living in the, the, the times that we live in, living in the city. Man seeks more and more to escape into alternate realities. I am struck by all the persons who spend endless time with their mobile telephone, absorbed by images, lights, ghosts. The eternal present is an eternal illusion, a little prison cell. A mobile phone constantly transports us outside of ourselves. It cuts us off from any interior life. It gives us the sense of always traveling across the continents, allowing us to be in contact with everybody. In reality, it empties us of our interior life and puts us down in the world of ephemeral things. A mobile phone makes us lose real contact it projects us towards what is far off and inaccessible. It gives us the impression of generating space and time, of being gods capable of communicating without being stopped by any obstacle. These insane communication devices steal silence, destroy the richness of solitude, and trample on intimacy. It often happens that they snatch us away from our loving life with God to expose us to the periphery, 
to what is external to us in the midst of the world. Nevertheless, the present belongs to God. The Father dwells in all dimensions of time. And so I think Cardinal Seurat gives us just kind of a, a, a nice little taste of this truth about modern society. Even back in the third century, Christianity was established and people already were starting to move out to the desert because they felt that there were so many distractions and God was to be found in the desert. We call those people the early desert fathers and desert mothers. And those people eventually started to form monasteries, and that was kind of the beginning of monasteries in the, the church's history. These places of solitude, contemplation, prayer, and work. And I think Jesus here, as he points to John as an example for us, is encouraging us to cultivate the desert in our lives today. Um, There's even really a secular movement right now, which is very interesting, um, where young people are starting to um, move away from smartphones and move away from some of the technology that they they have grown up with. There's a whole movement of tech right now that is... Um, dumb tech, they call it. So there's a movement against this, this what Cardinal Sarah said, this stealing of our solitude, silence, and intimacy. And so I think just some very practical ways that I'll just name right now for incorpor- in- incorporating the desert into our days, which again, we have to if we want to encounter God. Just very simple things that the church has always recommended. Adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, making little pilgrimages throughout the week to stop in the in Adoration Chapel and or church and just pray and spend time with God and listen, disconnected from technology. Obviously, we all need to have in these times rules for ourselves with regards to the, the technological invasion that these these companies are really they're marketing these tools so as to take as much attention from us as possible attention which really belongs to the people that God has given us and to God and it is very wise to have rules in our lives for our use of technology the rosary spending 20 minutes in prayer and just setting aside for the rosary and prayer is a desert time. It's these very simple daily tasks that we do that eventually, once we start to incorporate these ascetic practices in our lives, which are necessary, again, to encounter God and have intimacy with God and intimacy with others, um, they start to become like air, um, air that we breathe, and they're not so much difficult, um, but they're things that we just desire and we crave deeply. Lord, we ask you to help us to incorporate the desert into our days. Help us to not be addicted to noise and technology. Help us as Christians to be a different people. 
uh, people who cultivate silence, who live in reality, and are capable of knowing ourselves, the thoughts that are going through us, knowing you, and are sensitive to your voice in our hearts through our thoughts, feelings, and desires. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And let us take a moment, a few moments in silence to listen to and speak with the Lord in our hearts.